I have an incredible sermon for you this week you don't want to miss. It's absolutely powerful. It talks about something that you need to deal with. It's called the seasons of your life. Every now and then in life, you have no space, a season that's crowded and jacked up. And then you got some seasons where you got too many spaces. You got a lot of time on your hand. And if you're not careful, you know, they used to say that idle mind is the devil's workshop, you know, and you have nothing to do. Learning how to balance those seasons is important, but also learning how to be confident in those seasons. This study is about confidence. It's about you knowing how to confidently embrace where you are in your life. Philippians 4 is a great text. You don't want to miss this today. This is so helpful. It's going to lift your heart, put you on the right track. So stay with me today. I want to talk about confidence in your season, my friend. It will help you. Stay right there. Glad you're back. I want to talk today about seasons. This is part three in our study, and I want to talk about contentment. The big word today is contentment, and it means a lot when a person comes to a place of fulfillment. Now, I'm not talking about being a uh, what can I say, a casual person who just takes out time and says, well, I don't care. I'm just living my good life. I do what I want to do when I get ready, want to do it, and I don't have any, any obligations. I'm just kind of coasting. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about being a person who is content, who is happy with life, who's come to a place where they understand what's important and what's not important. They're not confused. They're not mixed up. This is not about not being entrepreneurial. This is not about being a person who has no ambition, no dreams. This is not about dreaming small. This is not about dreaming less. This is about being a person who understands where they are in this season. There is a season when you make $10,000 a year, the season when you make 20, the season you make 30, and so on. The issue is, can you be content at each of those seasons? My argument is that a lot of times we're not. You know, you got, you got a wife, right? Can you be content with this one? Not looking for the next one, next husband. Can you be content with the children you have? You have two children, you want three, but can you love two? It's all about stepping into life with a mature attitude towards what you presently have, the home you live in, clean it up, make it look nice, and be content with that. You know, you may not be the size you want, but can you be content with what you have today? This is your size for today. The season you're in is a size, okay, whatever the size is, 16, 18, 20, okay, whatever, whatever the size is. It may be a 12 and you want to be an 8. But whatever you're in right now, you have to learn how to say, I am a 38 in the waist. I want to be a 34, but that's me as a guy. I am a 42, 45 jacket, but I want to be a 38 jacket, but I'm not going to be that today. Can I embrace myself in this season? Problem is when you can't, when you can't embrace where you are and who you are and you cannot look at your life and say, I love me today. Now, there are goals for tomorrow. There are goals for the next five years or whatever. But as a freshman in college, can I love myself and be content as a freshman and not be so frustrated that I'm not a senior, already a doctoral student? Can I just love me today? Philippians chapter four, verse 11, Paul has this conversation and he shows us how to manage changing seasons in our life. He talks about some specific things that I think really can help you. So let me read the text for you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. I'm going to start at verse 10. He said, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. 
I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned uh, the secret of being content in and in, in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, I want to stop there for a minute and say a lot of key words in that text that I want you to think about that I think really stand out that help you kind of see Paul's issue. Paul, first of all, said, I've learned in verse 11. I've learned. I've learned some things. I've come through life and, and throughout the seasons of my life, I have learned. Number two, I've learned, secondly, to be content, the power of contentment. So he talks about learning, talks about contentment. And then he says, in every circumstance. So I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance I've, I've come into. And then he says, out of that experience in verse 12, he says, I know some things. I've now come to certain levels of conviction. And he said, I've learned, I love this now, to have plenty. I know what it's like to have a lot of money, Paul says. I know what it's like to have a lot of help. The Bible talks about him having a house with servants. There's a powerful sense of fulfillment in his life. He says, I've had plenty. And I've learned, I've, I've learned that there are times when, you know, you have less. I've learned to be hungry. I've learned to live in plenty. I've learned to live in want. I've learned to live in both places. And, that, and out of that experience, he says in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, that doesn't mean he can be Superman. Doesn't mean he can fly. Doesn't mean that he's Batman. Doesn't mean that he can, he's not to be afraid of anything. Doesn't mean that. It simply means that in, out of my life circumstances, I've come to be convinced that I can make it through these things. I've come to be convinced that it's possible for me to advance. But Paul warned us, watch this now, to be content no matter what our circumstances. He said the spaces in our lives will change. And we must learn how to embrace them. Notice what he taught you. He said, I've learned to be filled and I've learned to have a lot. I've learned to have a little, which means the, the, the life, the, what I call the spaces in our lives will change. The circumstances, the seasons will change. Some, sometimes you have a lot of space. Sometimes you have a little bit of space. Different things happen in different seasons. Sometimes you'll be fulfilled. Sometimes you'll be empty and it will seem confusing to you. You won't always know. But what I like is Paul's capacity to deal with it. Now, for some of us, especially in some Christian teaching, the idea is life is about one season. That's how we act. Life is about one season. It's going to always be happy days. It's going to always be shouting days. It's going to always be joyful. And that's not true. There are four seasons we must uh, manage. Four seasons we must manage that I think are important that I want to highlight today. First of all is the learning season. The learning season is the sermon, is a season where everything teaches you something. You, you, you have this um, moment of education. Life sits you down and life says, sit still. Don't move. You need to learn something. And it's not always easy to be in a learning season. You're learning about love. You're learning about children. You're learning about business. You're learning about yourself. You didn't know that you can be that angry. You didn't know that you can be that frustrated. That's a learning season. Secondly, there's what he called a conviction season. This is the season that develops conviction about circumstances. You develop this, this, this body of knowledge because you've dated this kind of guy, and now you know you have a conviction. I need a man that works. That's a conviction. I need a woman that doesn't fight. 
you, you, you develop convictions. Number three is what he calls, I call circumstantial seasons. I've learned in whatever circumstance he said. In the circumstantial seasons, this puts all the various seasons that you've gone through, the hardships and all those things are hardened in your mind. Circumstantial seasons have a way of um, not just developing conviction, but the, the convictions are developed in the circumstances. So you go through the circumstantial season, right? For example, let's say you, you, you work on a job and then all of a sudden they close the plant. That's a circumstance, right? Now, in that circumstance, you develop a conviction and you develop a body of knowledge. You learn something and then you develop this sense of, OK, I will never not be prepared if I ever see the plant about to close. I will always pay attention to that. I will always look at that. And so when they start warning you that the industry is going down and you say, OK, well, maybe this industry is changing. We used to make horse and buggies. Now they're doing cars. So we're going to maybe get into the car business. And when cars go out of strain, out of, you know, out of, uh, out of uh, business, now they move into SUVs. Now you move to selling SUVs. You see, you move on up the ladder. You change. Your circumstances build inside of your convictions. And that's what helps you learn. And then I bring him to the fourth thing, the fourth season, I call the doing season. So there's the learning season, the conviction building season, the circumstantial season, and then there's the doing season. This is the season you do it. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. You move to him just feeling it to doing it, acting on what you believe. A lot of times in life, I, um, I see people who never get to that stage. They're always talking, and there's a, a long series I'm going to do in a few months on this whole issue of doing, where I need to talk about why you're not doing what you said you're going to do. What is it that's stopping you? I love the fact that Paul said, in every season of my life, when seasons change, I've learned I've had, there's a doing responsibility. I can do. And somebody needs to start saying that. I can do. I can do. Not I can't do, I can do. We can get through this political season. We can get through all of this stuff. We can, get, we can do. Get to that. How do I know that? Because of circumstances I've been through in the past. Because of things that have happened to me in the past. I have come to certain convictions. And now those things have helped me learn how to manage. And so my whole perspective has changed. My view about money, life, health, Marriage, relationships, arguments, disagreements, the way I engage all those things is different now because of the circumstances. Some of you are complaining about your circumstances, but you're not letting that thing help you. Paul said, I've learned in those circumstances. Some of you need to lose a job because you, you're late all the time. Some of you needed to, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, lose a relationship. Because in the loss of that relationship, some things were hardening you. I'm not going to cuss out my next husband. I'm not going to fight my next wife. I'm not going to, because I don't want to go back to jail. In those experiences, you evolve. I know it's not fun. I know it's not easy, but that's part of it. There, there's something about putting yourself around people, getting into these dangerous situations. When you get out of it, you say, you know, I've learned something. So let me give you what I call four surprises that I have gained from each of the seasons Paul mentioned. In my learning season, I was surprised how much I did not know. I was surprised. I, I, <laughs> I thought I knew a lot of things. But during certain seasons of my life, 
I realized how ignorant I was. One of the reasons I like college, I like degrees, I like all that stuff is because I keep learning. I, I just, I, I mean, I, I just keep learning all the time. And at every level, whether it's at the undergrad, the grad, the doctoral level, wherever you're studying, you, you come away with this deep sense of humility that I just don't know everything. In the conviction seasons of my life, I was surprised by how satisfying life could become if I learned well during the learning phase. I was amazed that the learning phase was good for me and it gave me this conviction that, man, that's good. I need to keep doing that. And so I, I, it showed me that life can be satisfying. Paul said, I've learned to be content, satisfied, happy. I don't need another this or that. I'm okay. I've learned to be content. There, some people are never happy. That's why you keep jumping from relationship to relationship, dating this person, that person. You want a short person one week. You want a tall person one week. You want to do this one. And you just keep jumping around looking for pleasure. That's why the whole run after everybody and have sex with everybody and, yeah, I said it. And all of that is just, just terrible because the problem is you're not content and you're not going to find it that way. I've learned that it's not going to work. I wish it was that easy. You know, you just find somebody that look wonderful and you kiss and smooch on it. And there you go. Okay, now my life's better. <laughs> they got to, they, listen, when you get to know that person, that's the person. I don't care who it is. I don't care what they sound like. I don't care how good her body looks or how handsome he is, how many muscles he's got. Doesn't matter. When you go through the learning phase, you'll develop a conviction that that's not true. I am so surprised at how helpful the learning phase has been to me. And it's developed in me, like I said, very strong convictions. And then thirdly, the circumstantial seasons of my life, I was surprised at how my life circumstances shaped my convictions, for good and for bad. Circumstances can have a good effect on you and a bad effect if you're not careful. The bad effect is it can make you angry with everybody. You went through this and you tell everybody when you meet people, you tell them, I went through these circumstances. Are you one of those kind of people, every time somebody meets you, you tell them about your circumstances? Well, let me tell you about what I've gone through. In my life, I've had some circumstances that are very difficult. And you just, uh, you just recite these circumstances. My cousin borrowed my jacket and never brought it back. My favorite jacket, too. <laughs> you just are amazing. You know, this is pitiful. That's a pitiful way to live. Always recounting circumstances and allowing the bad ones to shape you, shape your attitude towards life, your attitude towards everything. But I, I think... Circumstance can have, as I said earlier, a good effect on you. If you let it, it can teach you and help you grow. But I'm surprised by how it can do either to me, both good and bad. The goal is to try to let the good happen, not the bad. Whatever was bad, don't let that make me turn bad. That's important. Fourth thing, I, the doing season of my life, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised how each phase I live through has helped me do things I never dreamed were possible. During those phases of my life, I was surprised at, for example, I ended up being able to do things that I never thought. I love Paul's statement, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Doing the doing, when I, when I woke up one day and I found myself, for example, doing this. This, this right here, what you see me do, I never thought I could do this. I, I am doing something that's abundantly above all I can ever ask or think. Thousands of people get to see me every week, and it's amazing. And I'm like, really? How'd that happen? Well, 
I had to learn, right? And it starts with learning. It starts, it starts with you developing some convictions, letting your circumstances elevate you, not let them take you down. One more time, letting your circumstances elevate you. Grow from it, learn from it, right? Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. And out of that, I ended up being able to do things that were far beyond what I have imagined. So I, I want to close with a couple of questions I want to think, you think about. Here's number one. Are you rejecting the learning seasons in your life? Are you rejecting the learning seasons? Are you the kind of person that says, I want to learn. I know I'm always, you know, a know-it-all know person. Boy, you're not going to really enjoy what you could enjoy if you would just let, let someone te teach you. I've always taught my kids, be transparent, be open. Let people talk to you. Don't be the kind of person that you can't, can't be spoken to. There's, that, that there's power in learning season. Then secondly, are you chasing things that will not eventually satisfy you? You know, you got to learn what will make you content and what will not. I wish, I wish a car would make me content. It does. I mean, I got a nice car, but, you know, it's a car. I live in a nice house, but it's a house. You know, those are things, those are nice things, right? But I got to make sure I'm not chasing things that I think will eventually satisfy me. I've got to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that it's, it's, it's broad. You might, let me just take a sidestep here for a minute. You might say, well, Pastor Rick, what does satisfy you? I, you know, I believe two things, two things, right? And this is just free for you. Free, this is free. Loving God, Jesus said, is at the top of the, of the choice, top of the priorities. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. I think it's Matthew 22, 37, 38 so, or so. Loving the Lord your God. Loving God, for me, that's brought the greatest fulfillment in my life, my spiritual life being in alignment with him. I'm not perfect. I have a lot of growing still to do, but, but committing my life to him. And then secondly, loving people. That's, that may sound strange to you, but I really think there's a third one in the middle. So loving God, then he says loving, loving people the way you love yourself. Those two things. Now, understand this. I love God, right? And I love people. Matter of fact, let me just do this. I know I, I got time. I'm going to make time for this. Hold on. I'm going to do something off the cuff here. I want to show you something. Matthew 22, because I think this is like really important. Matthew 20, because some of you are saying, yeah, I want to know, well, what's going to satisfy me then, Pastor Ricky? You know, you keep talking about what's going to make me happy. Here's what he said, Matthew 22, 37. Drop in verse for you, ready? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, I'm sorry, with all your mind. Let's read it again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Three things. He's to be at the center of your heart. He's the center of your attention. He's to be part of your soul, your intellect, your emotions, that whole idea. He's, he's all, he's, he's, he's a main focus of your life. That's, and that's not about spiritual zombieism, by the way. Jesus, Jesus, God, God, all, it's not that. It's more than that. It's just loving God, you know, giving God a voice in your life. That's what that's about. It's, it's about being a person who loves the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. I just love this. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the word of God, babe. Exactly. It's, it's, that, it's having a love for God that's complete and total. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And think of soul as your intellect, your, your emotions, your will. He's, he's invited into the corridors of my life. He, I'm transparent with him. 
I invite him into my decisions. You know, that old saying, what would Jesus do, right? You know, the way I engage people, the way I think. I love him with all of that and with my mind. In my mind, there's, there's this, this whole thing about my mind, what I allow in and out of it. You know, would, do you think pornography helps that? Really? Maybe not. That stuff in my brain? Maybe, maybe some of the movies, maybe, I'm not against movies, I'm a big movie fan, but some things I, I, don't, I don't watch, I go, ah, 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 I'm trying to love God, that doesn't fit. My loving God doesn't fit with that choice. So I, I, I'm kind of in the place where I'm realizing I need to make sure that I love him, but, but it goes further than that. So if you said, what should I, where should my, what, what's going to make me content? Loving God, and then secondly, he says this, this is the greatest commandment. The second is like it. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So contentment, I believe, flows through loving God and then loving other people. But I love the way he hooks it because what he says here, he says, loving, loving people really flows from, in verse 39, to you loving, loving, watch this now, you love people the way you love yourself. So I believe the order goes like this. Contentment flows this way. Loving God, loving yourself, and then loving people the way you love yourself. That's it. Contentment flows that way. I'm right with God. I'm right with me. And I'm right with other people. I mean, whatever other stuff comes after that is cool. You know, a house, a car, a stuff, a job. Oh, that's great. But if you have, if you, if you, if you go to a job and, and you hate yourself and you hate the people you work with, no wonder you're not content. And so there's this incredible moment where you look at this and you go, okay, I get it. I get it. So here are the questions again. Are you rejecting the learning season in your life, number one? Number two, are you chasing things that will not eventually satisfy you? Talked about that. Here's the third one. Are you learning from your life circumstances or have you been ignoring them? The circumstances that you've gone through, did you learn from them or did you ignore them? Are you back in the same circumstances? Now, I've been there. I've done that more than I <laughs> admit it. You get in debt, you get out of debt, right? Been there, I've done that, right? You get into an argument, you get out of an argument. You get back in again, you and your wife or your husband or your children, or you just live in a circle. Ooh, man, my mom gave me the best advice. Ricky, don't live in a circle, dude. Don't live, man, you should take her finger and she should do this. Do not live in a circle. Learn from the circumstances that you've been through. You failed one class. Why are you failing a second one? Why did you fail the first one? Because you didn't do your work. You're going to let that happen again. Why are you still facing eviction? Because when you got the money, you went partying, right? At some point, you have to develop a conviction. Or you didn't go to work every day. You took off days. Stop. Circumstances should teach you. Man. Fourthly, you ready? Are you able to do all the things you need to do in your life? He said you can do all things through Christ. Yeah, you can do them. Sure you can if you focus. But there's some things about that. I'm going to leave you with a thought. You'll, your life will never change if you don't embrace the learning season in your current circumstances. If you don't start with that, you're not willing to learn, you're not going to go far. Next time I want to talk about another element of this that I think is really important. It's something that really hit me like a ton of bricks. Here's what I believe. When you start trying to do what's right, 
when you, as you go through the seasons of your life, you always come to what I call a boring season. Life can be boring. You ever seen kids say, I'm bored. I want to go, good, you're living. Because life is full of them. But here's what I believe about boring seasons. That's the place where prosperity is built. It's in the boring studying of a, of a test, for a test, that victory comes when you take the test that leads to the degree, that leads to the job, that leads to opportunity. Boring comes when you are married and you've, you know, you've been around each other and now you're just bored and you've got to find creative ways to engage each other, creative things to do together. You have, you've done all these things over here. Now you've got to go find new things. That's, that's the exciting part about it. It gets boring before it gets exciting. And I believe that sometimes that's part of it. I made some assumptions about being content in my life. I wanted to learn enough to reach a life of perfection and satisfaction. I wanted to get to that place where my life was perfect. Everything was fabulous. I'm going to college. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to whatever. I, mean, I had all these plans, right? And then, you know, I come to this place in life where life continues to present me with challenging and sometimes boring circumstances. And I'm going, well, I thought, you know, if I did this, I wouldn't be bored. You know, you went across the stage, you, you got graduated or you got the job or you had a child or whatever it was you thought. You, you're dating Mr. Good-looking or Mrs. Good-looking and you feel, you felt if I could just get this person and then you find out it's boring. They're boring seasons. You just look at each other. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? You're bored. The kids are bored. You're bored. And I say, good. That's the soil right there where prosperity can be built. If you embrace that moment, Paul said, I've learned to be content when I'm up, when I'm down, when I'm wealthy, when I'm not wealthy. You need to learn that one, my friend. It'll change your life. I want to pray for you today. All you bored people, I want to pray for you today. All you people that are dealing with circumstances in your life you didn't expect. Father, I ask you today to let this be a moment of healing and strength for those who have come to a place where they're struggling. I pray, God, that they would open their hearts today to be content, that they would love you, love themselves, and then love others, and let them embrace, embrace life, embrace the season they're in. Paul said, I've learned to be content. Help them open their hearts to the learning phase the season where they're learning how to manage, how to build a life, how to build a home, how to build a career, a future, how to get along with people, how to love themselves, how to deal with their physical challenges and changes. Give them a sense of peace today. And I give you the praise and glory. Some are going through physical changes. You're not looking the way they used to look in the mirror, a little grayer than before, a little bit heavier than before. But Lord God, the same person's there. Help them embrace and improve their lives, but let them learn to embrace the season. She's pregnant now, and she's bigger than she wants to be, but God, this is the season to be pregnant. Let her put her arms around that, and let this be a season of healing, I pray, in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I close with this prayer for somebody who's watching who doesn't have never given their lives to Jesus, and they need to get their lives right with God. They, they want to make a commitment. Let this be the moment that they say, you know, the season of giving my life to Christ is what I need to do. I surrender my life to God today. Let there be healing, I pray, in their life. And I pray for grace and restoration in their soul. I thank you and praise you for what you can do in their life. And may this be the season they open their hearts to you. In Jesus' name. Loving God. Loving God so they can love themselves better and love people better. But it starts with loving you first. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thanks for being with me today. It's been great. I've enjoyed being with you. I hope this sermon helped you. And I hope that if you want to give your life to Christ, right there on the screen, there's something that says, hey, I raised my hand. Uh, uh, pray for me. You can type all that in the chat and they'll be glad to, to reach out to you and help you start your life with Christ, send you some information to help you get on the right track. If you want to email me directly, you can email me at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. I'd love to pray for you about any need you have. I just think it's wonderful that you are with me today. And from wherever you're watching, God bless you. Be strong. I'll see you next time as we talk about this whole boring thing. It's going to be a great sermon. See you next time. Bye-bye. Pray you're blessed by today's message. You know, I really believe that it's important for you to learn how to adjust to your season and to be confident in your season and not get lost. It's so easy for you to allow yourself to lose confidence. I want to pray for you today that your confidence will be strong and what you've heard today will help you. No matter where you are, whatever circumstances you face that have hardened your convictions, I pray that it doesn't harden your heart. I pray that you open your heart and mind to a new life with victory and strength. So let's pray. Father, I pray for those today who face confidence issues, healing to their heart, grace to their mind. May they leave this time together learning how to lift their hearts to you and trust you. I give you all the praise for them in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a joy being with you. I love on demand because you get the word of God in your hand when you want to. See you next time as we continue our study. I want to show you how to manage the seasons of your life. And I want to show you how to manage the boring seasons in your life. Because sometimes life is boring, but that's where the victory is. You grow strong sometimes when there's nothing to do that's exciting. That's next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.